we started this class uh, in April in response to uh, the pandemic, not being able to meet live, and also offering an opportunity uh, within this class, at this class, for a refuge uh, during difficult times. Uh, it's important to have refuge. During all times, it's important to have refuge. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I've always kept the, uh, the three refuges chant posted on the notes for each class. In some weeks, many weeks, we've chanted it. The Buddha's teaching on refuge, of course, is one of his most central teachings. Uh, I know it's one of the teachings that I've found so practical uh, in my uh, in in the course of my uh, my Dharma life. Uh, again, particularly when I've uh, I mean, always refuge is, is is essential for us on this path and. Uh, of course, in particular, when there is difficulty, there is challenge, when we're going through uh, hard times, uh, personally, you know, in more exterior ways uh, in our lives. Uh, when I find myself going through difficulty, uh, I often will just ask myself the question, you know, where can I find refuge? Where can I find refuge? And then in turn, uh, I look to the three refuges. Can I find refuge in the Buddha? How can I find refuge in the Buddha? Uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those teachings that I think is really useful uh, in particular because when we're experiencing difficulty, uh, we tend to be off balance. We may not be thinking so clearly. So this is a very simple, easy teaching to follow. Okay, where can I find refuge? All right, there's these three things. The Buddha, can I find refuge in the Buddha? Can I find refuge in the Dharma? Can I find refuge in the Sangha? So, you know, I don't have to think too much about what I have to do. I just know that I need to find refuge and that there's th these three places where I can find refuge. And, and, and oftentimes it's just when I just ask myself that question, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking about this. There's just there's a sense of, of refuge just in that and of calm in that and of easing and just knowing that there is there is refuge to be found. When the Buddha set out to teach, the first thing that he did was start a community, start a Sangha, uh, a Sangha of, of monks and nuns. Uh, and then, of course, his followers also encompassed lay people. Many lay men and lay women were part of his uh, following. Uh, but he started the monastic Sangha. That was the first thing that he did because he knew that uh, if there were going to be beings who were going to follow this path, that they were going to need support. You know, he knew that it was a challenging path, that his path was a, a path that was challenging. Uh, and that uh, it was also a countercultural path. So it's, you know, it hasn't changed that much, right? It's still a challenging path, and it's still very much a countercultural path. And if we're going to follow this path, we need others to support us. You know? I mean, I've always said this, you know, you know the primary reason why I uh, 
became, you know, part of it's just my karma to be, to be somebody who is an organizer and puts things together and likes to uh, start groups. Uh, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I was doing that on, on our street, you know. Uh, but uh, the main reason why I started groups in the New York Inside and Downtown Meditation Community, Berlin Dharma, uh, over the years was because I needed a group. I needed a group. You know? In the early 90s in New York City, you know, when I first started practicing the Dharma, uh, you know, I looked around and I couldn't find a group. You know, and there weren't really any teachers in New York City. So I said, all right, I got together with a couple of my friends and, and we started New York City. You know, I've always said somewhat glibly, you know, that it was, it was just pure selfishness. That I needed other people to practice, you know. So, uh, you know, we had a sitting group in, in my apartment. Maybe some people, a couple of people here that might have come to that over the years years and years ago, and then we started New York Insight, really kind of came off of that. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, this need for refuge, this need for refuge, knowing that this path was going to be a path that I was going to follow, and that I was not going to be able to do this by myself. So it is a challenging path, you know, it's challenging to be present. It's challenging to be present. You know, most people find it very, very difficult to be present, and most people, most of the time, are just making every possible effort to escape the present moment. I mean, look at how that was for you in the city, in the sitting, right? You know, even right now, as you're listening, there might be a tendency to want to escape the present moment. It's a little bit easier to do sometimes. Well, you could always turn your camera off for one thing. You know, but you don't really have to turn your camera off to escape the present moment, or you could look somewhere else, or, you know, I guess you could keep your camera on, but still go on to another website, you know, and I wouldn't even know that you're doing that, probably. Uh, but certainly just to escape the present moment by just going into a thought about something else, you know, I mean, that's the primary way we escape the present moment, by going into thought worlds. So it's challenging. It's very challenging to be present. It's very challenging to be present. Uh, it's challenging to let go of our patterns of clinging, because there's a reason why we hold on so tightly to our different patterns of clinging. It's a reason why we uh, hold on so tightly to our stories and our narratives. You know? It's very difficult to let go uh, of our clinging, of our holding on, of our stories. It's challenging to open the heart. It's challenging to open the heart to others it's even more challenging to open the heart to ourselves. It's challenging to awaken. You know, that's the most difficult thing that we'll ever do. You know, I mean, being present is, is part of that process of awakening. You know, uh, in many ways, we'd rather be asleep. You know, I had a really good conversation with somebody who's, you know, one of my, uh, uh, my Kalyana Mita, you know, one of the people that I talk to on a regular basis. And, uh, who's uh, you know who's part of uh, you know my community of people that I I rely on for support? I mean, we were just talking about this on Friday, uh, how how challenging it is to be awake, and the fear that we have of awakening. You know, it was just good to have that conversation with him. You know, 
because uh, I mean it's not like the kind of thing you're going to have with you know in a normal conversation. You know, it's really scary to, to awaken. You know, uh, but you know we can have that kind of conversation here, uh, and we can support each other as we make the effort to awake to, to awaken. Uh, it, it is scary. You know, it is scary to 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 be awake, to be truly awake. So, uh, you know, the, the Sangha, the community, the Kalyanamita, you know, the wise beings that we spend our time with uh, support us in that effort. You know, I could just see after spending time, you know, good time with my friend on Zoom the other day, how that just supported me, you know, in my, in my efforts to be awake. Uh, and we need that support. So we find refuge in Sangha, we find refuge in the Dharma, you know. Uh, you know, finding refuge in the Dharma could be as simple as uh, picking up a book or listening to a talk, uh, could be thinking about the Dharma and reflecting on the Dharma, on the teachings. And the Buddha, oh, we often talked about the importance of spending time with wise beings so that you could hear the Dharma. Uh, so it's important to hear the Dharma. In his day, of course, it was hearing it. Now we have many different ways of hearing it uh, or seeing it on video or, you know, and they're all good, you know, they're all good uh, because they're all opportunities for us to hear the Dharma, uh, to get in tune. You know, I think when I think about uh, when I'm struggling and when I'm suffering, uh, uh, and not just then, of course, but when I'm struggling and when I'm suffering, just listening to a Dharma talk or reading some Dharma talk, you know, when I'm suffering, I feel like I'm out of tune, I've lost the path, you know, and it brings me back to the path. You know, it, it gets me back in tune. It gets me back in tune uh, with the truth, with the, the truth of my own Dharma inside of myself. You know, it gets me back in truth with the truth of my heart. Uh, so, uh, you know, we go through, you know, in our days, we go through fear, I mean, these are just things that we go through as human beings. Uh, we're more aware of it as, as Dharma students, you know, we're, uh, you know, making an effort to awaken and, you know, we're going to experience fear, anxiety, uncertainty, doubt. You know, these are all the things that we feel and experience as human beings, you know. Uh, these are the obstacles that we're going to come up against necessarily as we make an effort to awaken. Hearing the Dharma connects us to the path, you know, connects us to the truth that there is a way out of suffering, that although it's difficult, we can find a way out of suffering. Although our suffering seems, uh, you know, when we're in it, I mean, that's one of the definitions of suffering is when we're really in it, we think that that's just all there is, right? That's the extent of my life is my suffering and my pain. We fixate. I talked about that last week. So when we hear the Dharma, it connects us to the path, to the truth, uh, the truth that the Buddha found, which is that there is a way out, you know, that there is a way out of suffering and pain. There is a way to happiness. And then, of course, when we, when we listen to the Dharma, when we read the Dharma, it also gives us suggestions for different skills that we can practice and develop so that we can find a way out. But it's just that quality of, uh, of, uh, you know, ref just refuge itself just in the Dharma, putting aside the specifics of the teaching. Uh, you know, if we're reading about, 
you know, breath meditation, or we're reading about the aggregates. You know, it's just that there's a refuge here. You know, there's a refuge here. There's a warm embrace. There's a wise knowing that we experience when we when we hear the Dharma. And then there's refuge in the Buddha. You know, we take refuge in the Buddha as a human being who awakened. You know, the Buddha was a human being, just like you and I, uh, who who, awake, who awakened. You know, uh, you know, the Buddha was a human being who, uh, you know, what, what what was his experience? You know, he saw suffering. He he recognized the truth of this human experience. Uh, which includes, you know, the the unavoidable suffering of sickness, aging, death, and separation. You know, that's the other chant that we haven't really been doing so much in this class. You know, the subjects for recollection. You know, that we're all subject to sickness, aging, death, and separation. Uh, so, you know, the Buddha saw this suffering uh, that was inherent in, in human life. Uh, he saw. Uh, he saw that uh, uh, if he didn't find a way to relate to these truths about life more skillfully, uh, which was really to embrace them and to look for a happiness that transcended them, he would he would suffer. You know, he would suffer. You know, this sort of unavoidable suffering of, of aversion and desire. And he saw people suffering that way. You know, he looked out at the world. You know, and he saw being suffering. You know, I mean, I've always found those passages from the teaching so poignant, where the Buddha looks out at the world and sees being suffering, and sees how beings are suffering. You know, caught up in uh, aversion, caught up in competition, caught up in desire and wanting. You know, and then of course, you know, whenever he describes his experience of looking out at the world and seeing suffering, uh, then he says, then I looked inside myself and I saw that inside myself. So, you know, the Buddha developed this quality of samvega, you know, disenchantment with, with the way that the world is, the way that beings are in the world, the way that beings live in the world, uh, you know, the, the ignorance that most beings bring to their human experience in terms of not understanding, you know, the conditioned nature of conditioned things, not understanding the truth of sickness, aging, and death, not understanding the suffering of aversion and desire, uh, of wanting and not wanting, and, you know, this sort of endless not wanting what we have and wanting what we don't have. Uh, as he described it, you know, these oceans filled with tears, that come from wanting what we don't have and not wanting what we have. And he sought a way out of that, you know. I mean, the Buddha, you know, so we take examples, you know, we take, we take, uh, we take uh, refuge in the example of the Buddha who's, as somebody who sought a way out of that suffering and found a way out, you know, and found a way out. So, you know, the Buddha found the path. You know, it's like you don't have to find the path. The Buddha did that already for you. I mean, that's that's something to you know to think about. You know, the Buddha found that there was a path. He followed it and found an end of suffering. You know, we can all do that. Uh, you know, I mean, he was completely freed of suffering. But even if we're freed of it just a little bit, it's going to affect our lives profoundly. 
it's going to perfect our, affect our lives profoundly. I mean, the way I like to think about it is, you know, if your heart is 98% blocked off, I mean, that's the way I like to think about what suffering is. The heart is blocked off, right? The heart is covered up. So if it's 98%, I mean, the Buddha was completely freed of that suffering that blocked off the heart. The heart was completely open, you know, but if you can get yourself down from 98 to 90, you know, the heart can open. You know, there'll be, the, you'll, be, you'll have enough connection to the heart to be able to affect your life profoundly. If you can open your heart more, you may not be able to open it or let go of your suffering enough to the point where it's completely gone, but if you can get enough space and enough freedom from your suffering to be able to be connected to your heart and live from there, even though it may be painful sometimes or a lot of the time but still you can make something out of this life and find joy in it and have an effect on other people and know that when you're done, you've done well, you know, and you've lived your life well. Uh, so the Buddha found that path, you know. That path is there, you know, that path is there, and if we follow it, uh, we, can, we, can, we can find, we can have a lessening of suffering, we can have a lessening of the blocking of the heart, and more of a capacity to live from the place of wisdom and compassion. Now, the thing about the Buddha, you know, the thing about the Buddha, I always say the Buddha with my New York accent, you know, the Buddha, you know, the thing about the Buddha is uh, he found, he sought the way out, he sought a way out of suffering to true happiness, he found that uh, way out and he passed on that teaching so that Teaching is there. The way out is there. The thing about the Buddha is that he made a resolve to know a greater happiness. You know? I mean, that was what enabled him. I mean, the Buddha had to find that path, uh, but he also, you know, in order to be able to find that path and follow it uh, and to achieve what he achieved in terms of being awakened, he had a tremendous resolve. You know, he said, look, I'm going to do this. I may not find the way out, but I'm going to try to find a way out of suffering. And I'm not going to stop until I do. You know? And he went through all different kinds of hardships and difficulties. He had a tremendous resolve. And he always made, remained true to that resolve. You know, for, I mean, for six years, he followed ascetic practices that led him down the wrong path. You know? I mean, he, he, he gave up a lot. You know, he gave up a lot. It would have been very easy for him to go back to the good life, you know. Uh, but he had this resolve that he remained true to. So the thing I would say about that is, you know, the Buddha gives you the path, but he doesn't give you the resolve. <laughs> you know, the Buddha's resolve is not going to lead you to awakening. You know? It's going to have to be your resolve. You know? The Buddha's resolve isn't going to uh, enable you to t make a way out and find a way out of your suffering. The Buddha's path is there, but you have to find your own resolve and stay true to your resolve the way the Buddha did. You know? uh, so we need to make our own resolve. You know? And this, and, 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 and you know, and we can take refuge in that. You know, we can take refuge in uh, the resolve that's in the heart. You know, uh, that. You know, we have this capacity, we've made resolve to some extent, we have this capacity to make resolve, and this is what we need to do, just as the Buddha did. So, you know, we take refuge, you know, you know when there's a resolve, then we're in tune, 
you know, we're in tune, you know. So we find refuge in the resolve in the heart. I mean, you all kind of know that this is true, right? You know, it's like you're suffering, you're struggling, you know, and it's sort of like, you know, there, there is a way out, you know, and I can do this. I can do this. You find that resolve in your way out. And, and you find that refuge in the resolve that's there in the heart. I mean, I know I've experienced that so many times, you know, but we lose sight of that quality of resolve at times, you know. So, so you know, we, we learn to find refuge in, in, in that resolve. You know, that's taking refuge in the Buddha. You know, we're taking refuge in that quality of resolve that the Buddha had in his own heart that we have in our hearts. I mean, I find that so, so indicative of what it, it's like when I find resolve, of what it's like when, 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 uh, when, there's re- when, the, when I find refuge in the Buddha, I find refuge in that quality of resolve in the heart. Ultimately, you know, we find refuge within. Refuge is within ourselves. We find refuge within. So we find, you know, refuge in the heart. We find refuge in in the heart. Uh, We find refuge in the intention to meet life from the heart. All right, it's difficult. Things are challenging. Uh, I'm struggling. The world is the way the world is, and it's not so great. Uh, you know, but I'm going to meet my experience with compassion. I'm going to meet my life with loving kindness. You know, I'm going to meet this day with loving kindness. I'm going to meet these challenges that I'm experiencing in the moment right now with compassion. You know, so you know, we take refuge in the heart. You know, we use fabrication, words, our thinking to connect us in the heart. You know, uh, and we take refuge in this intention to take action, to be here, to move forward. You know, so we take refuge in uh, this quality of these qualities of compassion and loving kindness. You know, I people always come to me. You know, when they're struggling and they're having difficulty. You know. And or they have decisions that they have to make, and you know what we always talk about, of course, is take refuge in the heart. Take refuge in uh, the knowing in the heart of what it is that you need to do to move forward with love and with compassion. Take refuge that in the heart, and that you'll be able to meet your ex- and that what you what you can do is meet your experience, whatever it is, however difficult it is or whatever uncertainty there is with the heart, with loving kindness and compassion. So we take refuge in the heart. We take refuge in our, our wisdom, right? This is, you know, part of the heart is our innate wisdom. So we take refuge in our innate wisdom. Uh, we've talked about this a lot over these last months in this class in, in this idea in t- taking refuge in our wisdom, in taking refuge in awareness. All right, different different emotions arise for us. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's worry, there's stress. If it's about the pandemic, if it's the election, if it's whatever it is, uh, what have we talked about? 
bring awareness to it. Not thinking about it, not trying to get rid of it, not trying to change it. Bring awareness to it. Take refuge in your awareness. I mean, what you're doing there is taking refuge in your awareness. You're taking refuge in your innate wisdom. You know? It's like, you know, I can take refuge that if I just bring my awareness to this experience of anxiety or fear or stress, you know, that I will find freedom from that. So, uh, so we learn, you know, this is what we've been practicing so much, is to take refuge in our innate wisdom by just bringing awareness, by just bringing awareness to what's there, bringing awareness to what's blocking the heart. We take refuge in the wisdom that's in the heart by bringing awareness to the experience of dissatisfaction or wanting or fear or desire. We take refuge in the wisdom in the heart that understands this suffering, you know, that understands, you know, in a way that the mind can understand this pain of anxiety or worry or discontent. You know, that under, this, we take refuge in the wisdom that understands that, uh, you know, what this is and that it isn't who we are, that it isn't who we are and that it has the capacity to, to go if we let it go. You know, you know, we take refuge in this wisdom in the heart that understands that letting go is possible, that understands what it is to be free. You know? So we take refuge in our innate wisdom. And we take refuge in the breath. You know? On the most simple terms, we take refuge in the breath. We take refuge just like we would take refuge in a warm home on a cold winter day. You know, we take refuge in the good home for the mind that we have in every moment that we can find in the breath. You know? So, you know, you know, we we work hard in meditation to develop this home in the present moment. I mean, we work really hard in meditation to develop this refuge. I mean, this is a refuge that, you know, we've been building over the time that we've been practicing the Dharma, right? The time we've been practicing breath meditation, you know, we've been building this refuge. You know, I've given various talks over the years about how, you know, you're really working hard to build this home for the mind. Use it. You know, you've built this good home for the mind. You've built this refuge use this refuge. You know, we work so hard in the practice to develop this home in the present moment. You know? So, you know, there's you know, different ideas that people have about what refuge is, but certainly within this teaching of the Buddhas, uh, you know, the refuge that we find in the breath is not an escape from the present moment. You know, it's not a refuge from the present moment. It's refuge from what's taking us out of the present moment. It's refuge from our pain. It's refuge from our suffering. It's refuge from our thinking and our narratives, you know, and our beliefs about ourselves and others, our views and opinions, our likes and dislikes. You know, you know so the breath is not an escape from the present moment. It's escape. It's an escape, if you will, or a refuge from our suffering. You know, it's a good place to be in the present moment. It's an easeful place to be. You know, so we take refuge in the breath that you know we have a place to be. You know, we have a place to be. You know, 
you know, the refuge is inside, you know, it's the breath, but it's the knowing that we have a place to be in this life, in this moment. You know, when we're able, you know, and again, we've put in so much work in terms of building this refuge. You know, when we're able to have this refuge, to find refuge, to take this refuge from our pain and our suffering, you know, you know, and separate from uh, our pain and our suffering by being in this refuge, you know, we know the happiness that's always right there. We know the happiness that's always right there in any moment. 